Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba and welcome to episode 9 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast done by the community for the community. From all around the galaxy, I'm your host today, Samet, and we've gathered here today from New York, America, Brooklyn Emre. So, Emre, <laughs> have you fixed up your mic settings or you still need some time today uh, to do it, even during the podcast? Yeah, yeah I think it's fine. You tell me. I hope so, I hope so. From down under Melbourne, Australia, Kroko Mazar. Happy belated birthday, bro. How was your kangaroo party? Thank you, bro. Yeah, it was a good kangaroo party. We had some kangaroo steak. So are you going to join us from the toilet today? Yeah, I'm actually traveling in state this week, so I'm using a crappy mic. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. I don't think it was that obvious anyway. Yeah, people would have never known if you didn't point it out. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Traveling interstate. This must be an Australian thing. I've never heard. Let's just continue because we have the very future of Turkish football on our podcast. <laughs> from Toronto, Canada. It's Coach John. <laughs> when are you taking over from Stefan Kuntz, John? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. I'm ready, man. Get me in there. We have a big one, a uh, big match coming up. I'm ready. Get me in. I'll lead us to the World Cup. Let's go. Let's do it. I'll sort something out when we're in Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's it for today. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a fact of the week with Sally. No dragonflies, butterflies, or whatever facts he comes up with. And uh, I'm not even going to mention Yasin, who basically is betraying us. I mean, I told you guys the past few episodes, this guy is not a Galtzerai supporter. He bailed on us today as well. So, yeah. No comment. He's no trying comment. to run out his contract. Go to Bishop's <laughs> for free. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He's trying to push the board to make him free move indeed. So, yeah, to all our listeners, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Today's podcast menu, as usual, consists of uh, some recent news we'll talk about. We'll discuss the terrible Konyaspor performance. And uh, we have the Barcelona game. Very close. I think it's Thursday, isn't it? Yep. So we'll talk about uh, the predictions on that game. Maybe I'll start with uh, one exciting news. We bought season tickets for the upcoming six home games of Galatasaray in Istanbul. That's me, Jan, Salih, Yasin and a few other friends. Mazar and uh, Emre won't be joining, unfortunately. Next time. Definitely next time. Mm-hmm. Sure, for sure. Are you guys a bit jealous? Yeah, yeah. Salt is uh, very high. Contents are very high. <laughs> not yeah, going to lie. I'd, I'd rather not talk about it because I want to cry. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that. Like, I don't see you guys discussing anything or like involved in any of the discussions lately. Uh, what am I supposed to say? Yeah, guys, great job. You know, Oof, have fun. <laughs> yeah, that Airbnb. Is I mean, yeah, so have good. fun. I can't wait to not be there. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's right all in your face because we discussed it in the group as well. So we'll try to uh, dim that down. We made a different group, Istanbul 2022. So um, I wanted to bring one thing before we go on to Gala News. I had a dream. Um, well, I actually wanted to tell you guys the last episode, but didn't have the opportunity because we didn't have much time. Basically, um, I, I woke up from my dream and in my dream, we were in Istanbul with the lads, just like we were planning, actually. But for some reason, Mazar was there. I guess I want Mazar to really join us. So. And uh, we I were just walking. Yeah, <laughs> you too, Emre, you too. Just wait. We'll get a, another dream with you. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were in Istanbul in my dream with the lads and we were walking like uh, Galata Kulesi environment, uh, very authentic. And, and suddenly there was this wild beggar coming out of nowhere. And he had no eyes. And basically, I wanted to go because I usually don't pay attention to that because usually they're scammers. But I decided for some reason to listen to this beggar. So I said like, hey, what's your problem, man? Like, how can I help? And, and he says, can't you see? I cannot see. I have no eyes. It's a God-given <laughs> problem. And basically, he tells me, okay, there's this lady who usually helps me and I'm hungry. so." Let's go to her. I said, okay, I can give money to this caretaker of yours. So I walk up behind him and there's this abandoned building or something. I'm basically walking behind him. And he goes up the stairs and like suddenly he vanishes. And somehow my wallet vanishes as well, which had like thousands of teles and, and my passport and shit. It's all gone. Everything is gone. And I'm fucking raging and woke up. And, and that's basically it. Yeah. As weird as dreams get. So your wallet disappearing, that means you're about to uh, ball out in Istanbul, I think. Maybe. What, what, is that a <laughs> sign? You know, they have those books with signs and shit when you dream. Yeah, you, well, you've, you have some weird ones. Um, I, I don't dream very often, but when I do, they are a bit crazy. But I haven't had one in a while. But that, that is, that's weird. Keep your wallet close to you in Istanbul. I, I don't know about signs or anything, but look at this guy. He's rich in his dreams too. Thousands <laughs> of teles. <laughs> nah, nah. No, man. Come on. I'm not rich. And then after the dream, he spent thousands of tele on the season pass. For Galatasaray season pass. There you go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And none of your credit cards worked, so I had to pay. <laughs> Paso, man. That's a, that's a whole other episode. Don't get me started on Paso League. Oh, no, no, no. That, we need hours for that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. It's funny, you know, that I'm, I, I paid up like about 1K euro I spent on you guys. And I've never met you guys. Like I oh. put a lot of trust in you guys. Tell me, Dobby. I'm pulling back. I'm paying back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'll come find you, bro. I'll come find you. No, you're right. Uh, did you guys have, have any news noted that you wanted to bring up or personal stuff? Nope. Nope. Just a migraine from the match today. That's about it. Mm, yeah, we'll come to that. So a few news on Gala. Nothing much has been happening. So I saw that why Moritan is not being played is due to some Turkish Federation rules. Basically stating you can have 21 players selected. And the main reason for him is there's this little clause that says you need to have three players that are from 97 or above in terms of age. 
born in 1997, of course. Or two players would also be enough if you had from 99. And and the Rize game, we had Kerem Akturkolo, who's from 98, and Boris Alper Yilmaz from 2000. So that was fine. If you add Morutan there, then you need another player or something. Something this weird concept that I heard was the reason. I'm not sure if it's 100% right, but basically what uh, I read. If people need us to look into it more, we could. Another news was we won the lawsuit, which basically got us back the Galatasaray Adasa. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so saw that, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's, it's a lot of money that place brings. And the past few years during the lawsuit, it was basically messed up, being demolished. I was there in November. I saw it during like... Uh, it's in poor shape, yeah. It's in very poor shape. So hopefully now that we won it, we can make something nice of it and, and earn some cash there as well. I've heard another rumor that Arda is going to quit football in June. Good. So, I'm yeah. I'm already quit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Depends on who you ask, Mas. <laughs> and another interesting... I mean, yeah, go ahead. I mean, this guy's just sitting there eating cake and celebrating birthdays, right? There's not much football left in him. Yeah. I pretty much do the same thing. You can consider me a footballer as well. Yeah, exactly. So, and the final thing I had to note was uh, apparently we have spoken to Man City about a loan on Kaiki. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, I saw that mm-hmm. as well. 18 years old, pretty talentful. And apparently Dominic Torrance spoke to Pep about a loan deal. How much of it is true, of course, but we'll see. I wouldn't believe it until I hear it from Torrent himself. That is true. That is true. Turkish media is uh, unreliable. I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if we do some type of, uh, if we make some agreement with Man City, though. Like, that that idea is not too hard to believe. Like, I, I don't know about the this player, Kaiki or whatever in, in particular, but I wouldn't be surprised if that does happen in the future. That seems likely. Torrent said it himself, didn't he? That we might need to do some um, some deals with Man City. I think it was on his interview from last week. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, he had a very long well, why interview. Did, why doesn't he bring us KDB? Ooh. <laughs> we have uh, Umar de Bryram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we already have him. We already have one of him, bro. Exactly. We don't need KDB. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, translated his full interview on Twitter. It was a bit more effort than I realized, but uh, I kept to it. And um, there's some interesting quotes, actually, about that. I think uh, one thing to touch up on what you said, Maz, uh, he says that he speaks with Pep Guardiola a lot and that they might do a friendly or they might do transfers in the future between each other. So that's interesting. Um, Another quote I can give from him is like, my coming here has progressed very quickly. I was always the first coach when Guardiola was out. I also received many offers from other teams. I said no. And uh, before Pep, I was basically the coach for 15 years, he says. Close relation. Yeah. Did you, have- you think, I was going to say, you think Pep will be at the Barca game away and home? That's an interesting question. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he went to the one in Spain. But it mm-hmm. de- I don't, it, who knows what Man City is, what their schedule is like, who knows. But I wouldn't be surprised if I saw that he, he was coming out to support his, uh, support his pal Dominic. So mm. Yeah. We're staying an extra day, apparently, in Spain. After the game, we're staying one more day. 
Oh, is that what they said? I don't know why. Yeah, that's what I read. I don't know what we're going to do there, but yeah. So we'll see. recovery for after we lose. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need an extra day of sleep or something, right? Yeah. We're going to see therapists before they fly back out to Turkey. Yeah. Maybe a last quote that Dominic Torrance gave. Coming after Fatih Terim did not put pressure on me. The current situation does. I respect Terim a lot. Terim is an important name for Turkey and the world. Whoever comes after Terim will have pressure. This is normal. He's an important name name for Turkey, is what he said. So basically, he he knows very well into the situation he's coming, and I think he said that today after the interviews as well. I know the current situation, and I'm okay with all the loudness from uh, the media. So he fully knows. Respect. I guess. I guess. He said more about Fat Terim than Burak Elmas did. So kudos. Yeah, I liked his interview in general. I don't know. What did you think of his interview? I liked it. And I really liked the part where he, like, you know, said thank you for talking about, you know, tactics when one of the guys asked him about tactics. He, this guy just cares about tactics. I like that. He doesn't care about, you know, other things outside of football. And you see that a lot with other, you know, coaches. They'll complain about the refs. They'll complain about everything but the game. Yeah. He speaks well, doesn't he? Like, he speaks with yeah, a lot of he's sense. He's composed. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been impressed, actually, with the... Like, the, the times he's given interviews, like post-match interviews or whatever it is. I, I think he also had a little... Um, little thing on uh, BN Sports as well, like a one-on-one interview. Like, it, when everything he says is has logic behind it. Like, he never really makes comments where I'm like, you know, comments that are really far out there or I'm questioning. He speaks pretty fairly and with common sense, like I said. So I'm happy he's... He doesn't yeah, seem like doesn't, a big ego guy or anything like that, you know? doesn't speak between the lines. He yeah. just says what's, what it is and what is not. You know, like, this is this, this is that. Yeah. And did you, like, there's something he said today after the game as well, which is interesting. I'd like to know what you think about the statement he gave. He basically said, I did not make this squad. I got this squad. And there's five players too much in this squad. That's fair. That's fair. What do you mean? What do you mean that's fair? There's five, five players too much in this squad? Well, I don't know if he's talking from, like, a standpoint where you know, this team isn't playing exactly the way I want it. Like, that is fair. He can't really play the, the ideal, like, play style in his head with this team because he didn't really build this team, which is fair. I'm not complaining about that. But we brought you here to make something of this team, right? So you have to make it work. Otherwise, why did we bring you, right? And I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I don't know. He like, some of the players he's utilizing, he's trying to utilize, is just bad. Like, I don't know if that's like a personal preference, but him choosing to play Bobad over Morton sometimes, even though you told me about the TFFA having X and X requirements. It's like a double-edged sword with him. I don't know. Yes, he doesn't have the right players, but then again, he's not making the right choices himself. So I get what you're saying, Summit. Yeah, no, I mean... Okay, I get you didn't make the squad. You don't need to say that over and over. It's, this is like the third time he's saying this. I get that. But there's five too, too many players in this squad. What, what do you mean by that? Five too many players. 
send him to under 19 or or I don't know just give him a holiday if there's five too many if you don't want too many players that's what I, I mean, was thinking Arda's not even a part of this team so I don't know why he's counting him make that like four maybe that's what he means but you still have to count him you still have to count him I think what he's trying to say is there's too much dead weight so um, <laughs> we have three strikers we have well Hali is pretty much what dead weight at this point because we have Gomez and Mohamed uh, Mustafa then we have like you said Arda that's two players already that's just Oh, dead weight. We don't need that. That's just extra space for no reason. That's space that we could be um, utilizing for the youth place. Because I know Torrent loves the youth. Like, loves using the youth. Then why didn't we get rid of them during the, you know, half? If there was such dead weight. I mean, you can get rid of, you can get rid of Arda. I think there'll be some movement for sure in the summer. Like, especially, which I'm assuming we're going to continue with Torrent, right? So I think... If he wants to say he doesn't, you know, he didn't build this squad, I don't know if that's if that's beating around the bush to say this team can't play the way I want them to. I don't know if that's what he's getting at. But in the summer, I think he's going to get a chance to move some players and perhaps bring one or two in that might uh, complement his his style or his structure a bit more. So we'll see what happens when he gets a, a few more players he, he can implement a bit better, but... Yeah, I, I don't know what he means exactly when he says that, but definitely some some dead weight, like uh, Mazar said. That's that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Who do you think he means with the dead weight? I think Mazar called out a few. Arda, Halil. Who else do you think he meant with five players? Apostlan probably. He, him and Apostlan just have not been getting along yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, that sounds right. Those three mm-hmm. sound right. And then I guess two more. Uh, that's That could be tough. <laughs> no, come on. I think that's who we would say is dead weight. I think he he seems to fancy him a bit. I, I actually disagree. After today's game, seeing Pulgar, I'd rather have Ta- Thailand. Well, yeah, that was. Uh, we'll get into that. I'm I'm not too happy with that. Yeah, maybe that's a bit our cue. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Moroton as well doesn't seem to fancy Moroton as much as well. Or, or Sasha Boy, he was really pissed at Sasha today. He didn't put a great performance in. I'll tell you what. That's true. That's true. That's true as well. Yeah, maybe that's uh, our cue to go into the the match day today. Or should we should we do something special? Should we get a listener in to ask some questions if they have any questions? Maybe at the end. At the end. Well, yeah, I can do. We do have we have a lot of anger built up, and we need to let this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need to vent a little. This is like, okay. This is like group therapy. <laughs> like weekly group therapy. <laughs> We're supporting each other. That's true. Um, Let's do it, boys. Well, going towards the Konya Sport performance, a quick recap on where we stand between each other. So Konya Sport is second in the standings, and Galatasaray is the 12th. We can become the 13th if Siwas wins uh, against Antalya tomorrow, which is uh, currently 16th, Antalya. So that's going to be interesting for us as well. Against Konya Sport, our first XI, our first 11. We started with Van Aanholt, Markau, Nelson, and Boe on the back. Berkan and Pulgar in the midfield. And then Keram, Chikuldau, Emre up front with Gomis as a striker. And I have to say, Berkan was a bit more up front. I didn't see him actively in the defense, so you could maybe say 4-1, 4-1 even. 
but the three up front with Gomez were really pushing it far. And uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. Uh, something nice that was that Morutsan was in uh, in the reserve on the bench. So that was interesting as well. Yeah, that's basically it from what I see. So we lost 2-0 against Konyaspor. And um, yeah, well, let's start with Coach John. No pressure, bro. Oh, man. Lots, lots to say. So obviously, it wasn't our best performance. It was pretty bad, actually. I thought uh, everyone um, played pretty poorly, maybe aside from a couple players, which I'll, I'll touch on. But in total, it was, uh, it was a bad performance. Um, the first half that we played, so we, we went down, uh, it was 2-0 within the first 20 minutes. So that kind of, that kind of played into, uh, I think, how we approached the rest of the match after that. So that, that wasn't the best start. But um, just in terms of how we were playing in the first half, I noticed some differences in this match uh, compared to the, the last few that I think, uh, you know, were tactical changes, purpose, uh, purpose change, changes that were made on purpose by Dominic Torrent. And one of them, I don't know if you guys noticed, but we were a little bit uh, narrow in uh, in buildup and like and narrow in general. I think in in possession as well. Like when uh, when we were building, I noticed it was the strangest thing. I thought maybe it was just a one off sort of thing when I first saw it, but then it continued happening over and over again. And that was Van Anholt when we were in buildup and possession, drifting into the middle, and he was playing in the middle. And we saw Berkan sort of go a little bit higher up the pitch and Van Anholt was sliding in beside uh, Pulgar. And I was, I thought that was strange. And then, you know, I could kind of see what, where Torrent was going with it. I think he was just trying to establish uh, some numerical superiority there, you know, to try to help uh, maintain possession in, in the neutral area of the pitch and uh, to help counterpress when we lose possession, we would have the numerical superiority there to try to win the ball back uh quicker and that didn't happen that did not happen at all it made absolutely zero difference i think uh konya were amazing today in chopping that up any build-up or any attempt we had to go forward was absolutely destroyed they broke that up right away we couldn't put any passes together couldn't use our width properly and i thought that one of the biggest issues we had not only in the first half in the second half as well we could not advance at all, like at all. We were stuck in the same area of the pitch. We had no way to go forward. We couldn't play through any gaps. We couldn't break any lines. We couldn't do anything in the final third, let alone get the ball in there. So I have to give them credit. They did really well to block that up. And I noticed that sometimes when they were defending, they were sitting in um, what almost looked to be like a 4-4-2, like a nice a tight 4-4-2 block that was just, like I said, breaking up everything, man. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we did lose the ball, unfortunately, like Emre has been saying the last few weeks, or a few episodes, you know, that defending quality has been going down. And today, oh my God, the def our transition defensively was absolutely horrible. We could not transition whatsoever. And I don't know if that had to do with how we were playing more narrow today, or what it was, but the transition when we lost the ball was, oh my God, it was killer. It was really hard to watch. So um, mm -hmm. that's, that's my ideas for the first half. What do you, what do you guys think? I, if I may, I actually just see my notes. What I noted down is I feel like Dominic 
took a big risk in having a yeah very clearly game plan telling Berkan mm-hmm. not to be involved in the defensive midfield. Right. Because normally he's he's the workhorse, right? He's back in the back in the front. He's everywhere. But like this game, we saw him basically like in the role of Chikuldao as an attacking midfielder and not really helping much in the defense. So I feel like Pulgar was pretty much left alone. And one thing you pointed about Patrick van Aanholt, that was Pulgar's support. That was, I guess, the game plan. That was the plan to have that numerical superiority. Right. And yeah, Patrick van Aanholt was basically next to Pulgar most of the time. And that's where we lost, I think, most of the game because that gave them a lot of chances to play very easily in our midfield. That's also how they came to the first goal, basically. For sure, yeah. And like you said, Konya is very solid in their block formation. Basically, a very organized team. And I'm not saying they're very great in attacking football. I think they're very... I don't think they have a lot of good attacking players, Mm -hmm. even. But just being very organized and not really depending on individual quality as well because they didn't have to do much because Gala was giving away a lot of open field, open chances anyway. Which brings me to why, Dominic, why we are Galatasaray. We need to play a certain game. Why are you playing different tactics each game based on the opponent? Just pick something and play it. Isn't that what we were complaining about with Twati Terim as well? That yeah, every game it was something different? You know, like, it's like, I, I think it, it might have been last episode that I mentioned it. I'm, I'm wondering, you know, I, I, appreciate, I appreciate him taking a minute to analyze the opponent and, you know, trying to figure out what we need to do to win the match. But I mentioned last episode, it's like, I wonder if he's just overanalyzing things, you know, like this isn't a Premier League. <laughs> this isn't a La Liga caliber league. It's, it, it, it's just not, it's just not there. And it's like, I'm, wonder, I'm wondering if he's overanalyzing things and we're getting into trouble because of that. You know, like, does that make sense? Yeah, possibly. You can't keep changing tactics with this team. This is not viable. Yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't exactly have the deepest, uh, deepest squad to sort of accommodate for these different play styles and, and tactics and things like that. Like, I, I don't know. I think he well, just needs to know. realize. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He, he did say, I have five too many players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, he didn't say they were good. Or, or the right players, <laughs> sure. you know, the type of players that he needs. Like, um. Yeah, I, I I don't know. It's 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 difficult now. Like it, the, where we are in the table, the matches we have left. Like our next game, we're playing away to Barcelona. Like that. Think think about that. That that's a that is a ridiculous thing to sort of comprehend. We just played the type of match we played against Konya. Like okay, they're second in the league. They have a pretty good team. They're an organized team. They're doing well. But now we have to go away to Barcelona, and that's. I I don't even have words to explain that after what I saw in this match today. So that's an Elden Ring boss right there. Yeah, bro. We're get pummeled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. What What did you guys think about the first half though? Like, um, about the way we we're playing and how how Konya sort of held us. Miles, you want to take I, this? Bro, like, like I, I'm I'm trying not to curse because <laughs> I want to keep this family friendly, but like we're just playing like shit. Yeah. Excuse my yeah. French, but. 
they look. Um, I got to give it to them. Like like you guys mentioned previously, they had a, they had a great system going and it was working for them. But we also we handed it to them on the silver platter. Like I don't I don't know what uh, Dom was thinking with having Patrick Vanderholt drift into the middle to help pull back. It's just not gonna work. Like it just. I just need to ask this question is, is, is too much tactics, no tactics at all. We're changing tactics every week. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Like someone mentioned, I think we should stick with one tactic and micromanage, like do micro adjustments against different teams. I think that's what Fighter Tedham was not doing, which he should have done, which he probably would have still been coaching if he, stop being so stubborn and change his stuff every week. And now we're having the same problem with Dom. Like it's, it's, it's pretty scary. And John reminded me that reversing Barcelona away next game, which is scary, but horrifying, right? I don't know, man. Like it's, we, it's in the first half. We couldn't, it, we got like one shot, right? I think we had like one or two shots that were like, okay, Gomez had, I remember Gomez had one that was like very weak. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to ask you guys one thing. There was this, there was this one possession where we had the ball in their box, and they called offside, but the offside flag wasn't up. Like, yeah, what well, what was going on there? I I don't know if they. You mean with Gomez? Yeah, I don't know if they called the offside. Did they? I think he just. I think he thought no. he heard a whistle and then stopped playing and like picked up the ball because I think he thought it was offside or something, right? But the but the ball was live. I think unless I saw that wrong. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. He, he thought he heard the uh, whistle and he just picked it up. I don't know. I never seen that That's before. Interesting. That's so weird. He literally and like and, and he fooled everyone too. If you guys watch that back, like all the the defenders and all the Konyo players just stopped. Like I think they just they thought it was like because he stopped playing. I guess right. They <laughs> they just kind of stopped as well. I was about to say dome tactic. Yeah. <laughs> One thing you don't do is like you continue even if it's on offside. Oh, of course, onside. And yeah, that was a bit lame when yeah. I saw that, unfortunately. But uh, first half, yeah, not much to say. I didn't see Chukaldao much this game. Um, wasn't really happy with his performance. And I could say the same with Berkan, but at least with Berkan, you can see he's trying, you know. Uh, he's trying a lot and makes an impact to the game because... He's he's got that workhorse. He got the kilometers underneath him mm-hmm. uh, to push and pressure the opponent, but he's just so incompetent. I just like he had a few positions where he would just went for the shot, and I was thinking to myself, just don't shoot. You can't do it anyway. Just give the passes. Just let someone else do it. And uh, yeah, I wasn't happy with his performance either. And another, like, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. One last point I wanted to make was I think for Dominic Torrent, it's pretty clear who his starting 11 is. I love Bowie, even though he played bad, he's young, he should play, in my opinion. But in Dominic Torrent's eyes, I think for, for him, Omar comes first and Ryan Babel. I wouldn't be surprised if. Dominic Torrance started Ryan Babel against Barcelona. I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah. And I think for Omar, uh, I'm with you on that. I think that he is leaning more towards Omar. But, like, Omar is a good player. I like him. I think we have two good right backs. But um, I would like to see Bowie get a bit more um, 
I guess more consistency, you know, a, a more starting minutes. I think that I think that we could really groom him to be a solid player, and he's so young too. Like I think we should be developing him as much as possible. But uh, you know, as for right now, I I do think he uh, Torrance prefers uh, Omar. Mm-hmm. We have and, seem to have bad luck with like promising young players. Whenever we get uh, someone yeah. we really like, they get injured, then they come back and start playing like you know shit. Why, why are we cursed? Yeah, we're cursed, yeah, man. Damn it, we're cursed ever since we broke the curse. Yeah, winning, a, mm, winning yeah. against Fenerbahce. Exactly. We thought we broke the curse, but we just created a new one. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, Every, everything's been going down since then. Yeah, it's true, man. If you think about Bro. it, as soon as we broke the curse, we created friggin' ten other curses, man. Well, exactly. After we lose that, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, let's start another, you know, string of losses there. Yeah, I don't care, man. <laughs> yeah, as long as we win the championships yeah. and European success. Th- those guys need some joy in their lives, all right? We'll, we'll, That's we'll, true. We'll give them their their one derby win, all right? <laughs> Actually, I need nothing. <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel good now. We're not Fenerbahce supporters, so that's that's really makes me good. Yeah. Feel good. Yeah. Yeah, we lost at home. I don't even remember. You know, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. Hey guys, it's group that every session is working. Yeah, we exactly. need to do this more often. We're yeah. healing. We're, We're healing. out the denial phase. <laughs> um. Yeah. Maybe moving to second half a bit. Uh. No changes in the second half. We started uh, with the same uh, starting eleven, and um. Well, to me, I didn't see much difference i think what he said post interview was that the main issue was the nine position striker and the midfield and i think he did some changes at the 60th minute moving thailand in for eric pulgar and omar for sasha Bowie and then babel and then later on he also added morutsan in what did you think about the second half, uh, Mazar? Um, second half was, I guess, slightly better than the first half. We had a couple of, a couple of good looks. I think uh, 76 minute, I want to say. Was it 76 minute? We had, a, we had a really nice shot on target. But at the end of the story, it's still the same thing. Still the same issues. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe a question, Maz. What do you think our problem is in general? Is it something we can fix with the current squad, with tactics? Um, no. Do you think we're improving under Torrent? Um, honestly, no. Why? Because defensively, we, we suck, essentially. And the fights tell him our defense wasn't as bad as we've been saying for a number of weeks now. And progressively, it's getting worse. Um, our main problem, in my opinion, um, is the fact that we have a, a brand new coach. And there's no really getting around that. He needs time to, to build his game plan and his tactics. But my issue with him is the tactics are changing every week. So how are you building something if you're just going to change it every other week? Um, so I guess we just have to wait until the end of the season. Nothing's going to happen this season anyway. There's no Europe for us next year. I've, I've written it off. I think everyone should write it off at this stage. Mm-hmm. Um, see what happens in the preseason, maybe a transfer or two. We don't really have the funds, the money to make any big transfers. So I'm just scared we're going to have the same problem next season. Yeah. Yeah. 
I agree. Go ahead, Emre. No, he's right. I mean, well, barring all the, you know, coach talk, I don't know. He's changing tactics all the time. And I, my biggest gripe with Torrent is, like he said, the defense. This defense is it was not this bad. And I think that chalk is being chalked down to the way he's utilizing Barkan. He's Barkan's way too high up the field. He's pressing in the front, but he's like leaving. I don't. I don't think it's necessarily his fault, but our D, our midfield is like basically empty. There's nobody to really go and you know challenge anybody from the other team when they make you know moves. Our wingers are up the field too. Even our left back and right back are up there. Like Bowie was high up the pitch, like on the far right corner, like on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Same with Keram, and uh, what's his face PVA. PVA was the only one that's probably that was like staying back more often. I don't know if this was a personal tactic from him or PVA style, but we just commit so many players forward that we're leaving a lot of gaps in our midfield. And then Markow and Nelson have to compensate for this. Mm-hmm. And then Pena too, in, in you know, essence as well. I, I don't, I don't know. I'd prefer Barkan be more central because, like you said, he has the the workhorse the workhorse in him, and he's able to go from defense to attack much more easily. I'd rather just Jijal Dao be the guy who's in the midfield and forward. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think um, a big problem with the way that Torrent wants to play and the type of style he wants to implement. I think a problem with it is that it's heavily it's it's heavily dependent on our uh midfield players and i don't think that we have suitable players for that and when you look at the other teams he's been with the other teams he's managed or or he's helped uh with pep especially like if you look at you know let's take the golden age of barcelona right well mm-hmm. who did barcelona have playing there they had iniesta xavi and sergio busquets like all the time and that's that that's unbelievable and that those are players that like th- those three players i've never looked at those three players in the same light that i would look at a superstar like ronaldo or messi like those are players that are really really good and really effective in the playstyle that they're put in right and that playstyle that pep sort of created and tailored to barcelona they were so good in that system Right. And I, I don't know, like if you would have taken like Xavi and put him in some other team, I'm sure he still would have been a fine player, but I don't think he would have been as effective as he was in that team. So I, I think the players we have right now are not suited to the way he wants us to play. And you have to ask yourself, like, it's his responsibility then to look at the players we have and and find a way for us to play that will suit, you know, the talent that we have. And it's the same thing with Bayern Munich like I think a lot of the times when Bayern were playing I think they had Chabi Alonso, Philip Lahm, uh, Alaba was playing there, Bastian Schweinsteiger was playing there and those are players that like suited that system right so I don't necessarily think we have a bad team it's just that I don't think the players suit the style he's trying to implement and like I said that's heavily dependent on those midfield players because as you can see when we play um like today especially we couldn't even string together like three or four passes and it's like you go from one end of the spectrum to the other on one end of the scale we have a team where we keep like 70 percent of the possession in the other team's half but there's no purpose we just knock the ball from side to side 
And then the other end of the scale, we have a team that can't even put together three or four passes like we saw today, right? So uh, it's tough, man. And like I said, you know, he was dropped in a shitstorm. So I try my best not to come down too hard and wait it out. Let's see what happens. I know it's really difficult, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's his responsibility to look at the talent we have and come up with some type of plan uh, to make those guys effective. So, uh, I don't know, man. Frustrating yeah. times. He put himself He put himself into the situation. So, I can't really say, well, yeah, sorry, man. No. Well, I mean, it's it would be unfair to really bash him for what we are currently in, the situation we are currently in. I think I always keep saying this. He needs the full contract. He needs to sit that out. I don't like destabilizing it like i don't want to become another fainer but rinse and repeat all the coaches going back and forth so so i want to see him after the summer transfer window mm-hmm. and then properly assess him well let me ask you what are we going to do in the summer window when we're already strapped for cash and we have no europe he's still going to have to play with maybe 80 percent of this team so it's not like we're going to wipe this whole team and build a new you know xi and that's so. why the board is getting so much shit. They need to prepare for that already as of today. They need to start looking into the summer transfers already. And I hope they're doing it. I mean, that's why we got Luis Campos, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, in a certain way, I'm hopeful for something to happen. I mean, we got a good advisor. We got connections now to Man City, connections to Pep Guardiola. Who knows what we're going to do in Barcelona? Maybe speak to a few players there. Yeah. Who knows? And and it's like also, you know, no one is saying that we absolutely need a brand new squad from top to bottom. Like, I'm sure even if we even if we introduced one or two players into into our starting 11 that, you know, quality players that might suit uh, Torrent's style a bit more. I'm sure we would see some improvement there because sometimes that's all it takes. Sometimes there's just Jetson? one or two. Yeah, Jetson there you go. Match. There you go. I, I guarantee if we if we put him in there, uh, we would already instantly see a difference. So imagine you take another player of his quality or even less quality, but just more suited towards Torrent somewhere else. Maybe, a, I don't know, a winger or a, a six, a, you know, a, any anyone. I'm sure we would see a difference, right? So yeah. I, I don't I don't know if, you know, some people are saying, man, we need like a whole new squad from top to bottom. I don't think that's the case. I think one or two players will, will see an improvement and we can just build from that, you know? It's the midfield, right? And yeah. I hate to repeat myself, but look at Jetson yeah. and what he's doing with a very poor Rizespor. Yeah. He's man of the match consistently since he came. And this is someone that was said to be not ready. And we get Pulgar who's apparently not ready either, if you look at mm-hmm. Pulgar. I mean, I, I get Pulgar as well. I mean, he's here on rent, on loan. He's here on loan. Uh, he doesn't have strong ties with the club. He, only, what, six home games left? Meh. Why should he put in the effort? It is what it is, and he's just going to do what he's going to do. And, and that's why... Jetson was so important for this team. And that's why I also understand why the board is getting so much hate. Because they couldn't round up such a deal, which Besiktas did like within a day. And I'm not sure if we can improve on this because we have no money. 
and you need money to finish transfers on time. And if you don't have money, your transfers are still going to be coming in as on last minute. And I hope it will change with Luis Campos and all the connections they're building. And I hope we will continue with what we have started now with Dominic Toretto <laughs> and uh, Luis Campos. Because if the board changes and we change everything again, uh, that's just so tiring, man. That's just so tiring. Yeah, and that's a vicious, uh, vicious cycle to be in. Like no club exactly. wants to be in that because when you get used to doing that, it's hard to get out. Like when you get into that rinse and repeat, hire a manager, sack the manager, hire him, sack him, bring another president in, you know, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it's a headache and it's hard to break out of that. So I, yeah. I really, really hope we, we take it, you know, deep breath, take things a bit slow. Let's, let's see how it goes. We have a, you know, Campos. Uh, Sensibile and all, and all these guys that are uh, that have come in. Let, let's see what they can do, and mm -hmm. let's take it from there. But as of right now, definitely, I think you know, going into the summer, I think some new midfielders need to be brought in because the ones we have right now are just not. Uh, they're, they're they're just not there. They're just not clicking together. Yeah, Thailand, Berkan, Chikuldao. That midfield is not going anywhere, yeah. especially if they're at on the field all at once. It's just, we've seen it over and over that it's not working. Exactly. That's a good point you make. Going back to your Barca reference, Xavi and uh, Iniesta, they completed each oh, other. Oh, absolutely. Well, they absolutely. These guys, they don't. They don't, man. They don't. Like, Barcon and Chikaldao, sometimes they're like on different brain like wavelengths, man. I don't know what they're doing sometimes. Yeah. Passes are off. Yeah. And, and think about it. And think about those two. And behind them, to complete that trifecta, is Sergio Busquets, who's, like, he's still playing well. He's still a really good player. And he's, like, the anchor yeah. there, like, right in the middle of the pitch, you know? He breaks up play so well. Intercept, like, like those three players, it, it's just the, the dream trio there. And they work so well with the system that was implemented. And I think that, that's what we need. We need to sit down and say, okay, what kind of players do we need? What are we trying to achieve? Which players will help us achieve that? And, you know, obviously Dominic Torrent came mid-season, so of course he didn't put this together, but, you know, as of right now, it's a mismatch. It's an imbalance of players that we have. Like Thailand, Berkan, Chikalda, all these players, Pulgar, it, it, they're just thrown together, you know? It's, there, there's no um, harmony in, in those three, so... It's just uh, men and men without taste. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Nelson and Markel are probably the only two that have like decent chemistry between yeah. them. Yeah, I know they're conceding almost every game, but I don't think that's primarily their fault. Yeah, for sure. No, of course not. If Markel has to pick up the left-back role and his own, yeah, mm -hmm. nah, that's not going to work. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Morutsan, uh, Emre, this game? Seen him at the 80th minute come in? For Emre Kulinch? Well, first off, Emre Kulinch had a very poor game. I would say just as bad was uh, Kerem as well. I, one of his most ineffective games I've ever seen. And it seemed like Torrent wanted to utilize both Emre and Kerem the same way he did last game. Throw the ball over, create some openings for our um, wingers to get into a one-on-one -on -one position. Past, I mean, get past their, you know, opponent and then cross it into the box. Kerem lost, I think, every single one-on-one -on -one he had today. I think same with Demre. Um, and going back to Morota, I mean, he wasn't really on for too long. 
maybe like 10 to 15 minutes. I'd say he did okay with the time he was given. He actually opened up some space, took a decent shot at the keeper, but, you know, mm-hmm. got it right at him. Um, I would like to see Monoton more because he's like, he's good for teams that close up. He likes to dribble with the ball, get in there, take one-on-ones. Yeah, he not, he's not winning every single one-on-one, but he, like, he opens that threat, that door, potentially, to get into the box. And I'd like to see him over Babad. I know he played great last game, okay, but uh, Morton is our future. You need to be able to put him, implement him into the system much more easily. That's that's yeah. my thought and, about it. And that that as well, like just to sort of compliment what you said and going back to something I mentioned as well about there being an imbalance of players in the midfield. Right. He, he like he, from the, I think I mentioned this before from the day he came, I I didn't want to see him on the wing. I wanted to see him in the midfield. And I know mm-hmm. that he's not he, he's not the most physical player. He might not be the strongest player, but at least he offers something different from mm-hmm. Pulgar, Thailand, Berkan, or Chikaldog. He's a creative player. He can dribble at players, you know. He can he can unlock defense like a a, a, a back line. And I, I don't see that I don't see any other midfielders doing that. So at least he ha- at least he has some attributes that are unique that we could maybe benefit from. Because I don't think he, in my opinion, he doesn't play well on the wing. Like I'll never look at him as a winger. I, I just my idea and my ideal of a winger is a different type of player. So I don't think he's a, he's a very effective there. Um, but he does offer us something else in that in his in his dribbling ability and his ability to carry the ball. And I think that could be useful there. But I don't think we'll ever see him there, unfortunately. But that just goes back to what I was saying about the imbalance, right? You don't have we don't have any creativity or anything. It's like we have three players that play exactly the same almost, give or take a few things. So I've said that about Moruton, you know, Moruton before, but I don't know if we'll ever see that, unfortunately, which is a shame, you know. I mean, our only creative player. Hmm. Sorry, go on. I was just gonna say our our most creative player is Kerem, and when he's not effective, our team just oh. fails to do anything up front. But what were you saying, Muzzle? I think, um, yeah, I agree with you, John. But I think sometimes Moruton carries the ball too much. And takes on too many one-on-ones. I mean, a lot of times it doesn't win them. So I think that's why Dom doesn't prefer him to play. Yeah. Well, well, that's no, uh, unfortunate. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And that's where the player development comes in. Like I could say the same thing. The same exact thing was going on with Emre Mor when we had him. He was doing the same thing. You know, as talented as that kid is or was, um, you know he he was he was doing the exact same thing he was taking on five six players at a time and he would get past most of them and then lose the ball at the end which which would make that useless right so i don't know man if if we can if we can develop him and turn him into a more useful player in a better position i think it would be worthwhile but mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone in our club has those thoughts about him or you know maybe he's one of those five players that uh or one too many, so I, I don't know. Who knows? I'll take the chance on Morotan losing the ball over us doing absolutely nothing and you looking useless. I'll take that chance that he does get past his, you know, for sure, opponent and create something. For sure, what we've been seeing is absolutely lackluster. We barely got into their box to do anything. Well, for me, in order to have players like Morotan shine, that raw talent to really shine and show what it's worth. You need to have an established, organized team. And I don't think we have that currently. So I don't think we can really utilize these raw talents that much. 
And hence, we need players like Babel and, and others, well, all older experienced players to first keep on that organized consistency in there. And I think that's also why uh, Dominic Torrent prefers Babel, of course. And I think, I think it was 2011, 12. This is where we were really doing that. And I was really hopeful when we started with, uh, with the 4-4-2 system, when we had Salchukinan and Felipe Melo. And, and that was so great. 4-4-2, everything would be organized. We would have a young youngster come in on the wingers. They would perform the same. They would shine. And our under-19, under-18, under-16, all of those were playing the same 4-4-2 system. Just to make a culture, to make a habit of a system for and sure. a gameplay. And, and that's basically what Barcelona is doing for years now. And that's what we need yeah. to do. And that's uh, a beautiful point. That's a beautiful point. It should be from top to bottom exactly. in a club. The philosophy should be established across the entire club. And the entire club should say, this is our, our, our um, identity. This is how we're going to play. This is what we're going to do. All of our teams. And that's how you really bring talent up that can... Uh, slide into the first team on any given day right that's a great point and yeah. we definitely don't have that that's for no sure. not even close and and i think the day we abolished that was when we had snyder and don't get me wrong i loved snyder he, amazing individual talent but i was so sad we were breaking that philosophy that we had built into the team top to bottom 442 no matter what and Snyder coming in had to break that. He's he's a classic 10. He did great, of course. But from a team play, organized team play, who you could basically win Real Madrid with nobodies, uh, we became more heading towards individual class, having Snyder, Drogba, and we're trying to find that now as well uh, with likes of Morutsan, Karam. But you're not going to gain any success if you don't have an established organized team, which Konya had very had organized themselves very simply, right? They mm -hmm. were solid. Nothing too fancy, no individual power, just an organized defense and yep. exploiting the opponent's efforts. And, and do you uh, notice, do you notice how much we struggle against an organized team? Yeah. The, the second a team is organized and they have structure and they know what they're doing, it's we absolutely shut down. And the teams that don't have that, that are near re uh, relegation, those are the teams we're picking yeah. three points up against, right? Of course, yeah. So. And, 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 but the thing is, the same team in Europe under Terim were really organized in the defense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's our strongest thing, is that was the defense. You know, and I think Terim played to that strength in Europe. Yeah, people For say sure. we got lucky, though. We played the way we were supposed to play with what we were given, what we have. But yeah, go on, Summit. Yeah, no. I just hope that, I don't know. I don't know if Dominic Torrent will say to the guys, guys, forget everything I taught you. Just play like you did uh, in Europe, what was taught under Terim. And then we'll see probably uh, the defense shine again. I don't know if that's going to happen. Oh, maybe yeah, one we thing. Can't Mm -hmm. Marcao hasn't been his old self I feel like I feel Nelson has been shining much more maybe that's because of the tactical choices and how Torrent plays them um, I mean he's still good Marcao but I feel like he's much more vulnerable and out in the open when he makes a defensive 
defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and but we do see Nelson shine a bit more. I feel like he's like uh, the old Marcao, basically. Yeah, and Nelson's positioning is immaculate. Go ahead, Mas. Uh, Marcao's just too busy trying to cover the left back and every other position that's left open. Mm. So I think it's a bit unfair to say he's not his old self. He's just picking up a lot of slack. Yeah, and and that's that's exactly right. Like, and what I mentioned before was that the difference between our team now um, and our our team with Tedim is that um, I think that you know our backline and in terms of defending, I think our, our we're relying a lot more on our players' individual defensive performances because I think our defending has decreased as a team, team defending, right? And exactly what I said today, our team defending was horrible our transition was absolutely non-existent. There was no transition. We would lose the ball and, and you know, it, it just wasn't happening. So I think, I think that's one thing we were doing better with Tedim. Our, our team defending was a lot better than it is now. And now, since we don't have that, we're relying on these individual performances from Nelson, Marcao, you know, like Maz just said, maybe our left back is not quite there, didn't transition properly. Uh, Marcao needs to cover. So... I think that's what we're lacking. That team defending needs to improve or else we could be uh, in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have any other points for the game or we can start discussing the upcoming game against Barca? Oh, good point. I hope we don't play this type of game against Barca because Jesus. Yeah, that's going to be We're uh, going to have scary. a bad time. But yeah, obviously <laughs> he's not going to go and play this type of game against Barcelona. Let's um, before we move towards our predictions for Barca, let's have one listener question, uh, just as a test for this episode. So let me just add him here. All right, this is Eren from Austria. Eren, are you there? Hello, hello. Hey, welcome to the episode. I understand you had a question for us. Hello, my name is Eren. Just as you mentioned, from Austria, Vienna. And my question will be, Summit Abbey, if you guys regret sacking Tidim, and um, if you could go back in time, if you do it again, knowing what happens next. Okay. Well, thank you for the question, Eren. Uh, wish you a pleasant day. Uh, John, you want to take that? Or Emre, you want to take that first? Uh, sure. I mean, I've said from the get-go that I hate sacking managers midway through the season, bringing in a new manager because that's a big risk that you fall into. And prior to bringing in Torrent, I don't think Tedim was that bad. I think it was more or less like some of the decisions he had, he could have made it better. Because this team wasn't playing, like we were talking about, our defense was not this bad and we were actually getting into positions. And now we can barely get into positions and our defense is worse. Of course, we took that risk, and I think we lost that bet, but we don't know exactly if, ten, I mean, Torrent is the type of guy you need to give more time. But I don't know. I, I definitely think that we should have at least stuck with Ted until the end of the season mm-hmm. because we weren't that bad. We, were, yeah. we weren't, okay, we weren't great, but we weren't that bad. Yeah, is okay. what I'm trying to say. And, um, and like, for, for, for me, for that question, I kind of fall on 
like almost on both sides of it, because I agree in in a sense with Emre as well. Like my problem with how we were playing with Tedim was that, well, I had a lot of problems, but my main problem was that we weren't scoring goals and all of our losses were like one, nothing two one, like by really slim margins. So I think if he would have found a way for us to start uh, scoring more goals, I think it would have been a different story. But um, at the same time, you know, I am also against making this type of change mid-season because it's so difficult. Like we said so many times, throwing a coach into a shitstorm in the middle of the season, like that's a pretty much a death wish, right? So I, I, as, as much as I love Fatih Terem and, you know, I, you know I, I look up to him so much for what he's done, but um, I, I did want a change as well. I, I wanted to move into the, the, ne- the next era, the era of Galatasaray, you know, that exists after Fatih Terem. And I know I did want that. I, I just didn't necessarily want it to come mid-season because of how difficult that is. Yeah. And um, what, what do you think, Mas? Yeah, the boys made some great points and especially what John said last. Um, I think no matter how much of a um, quote-unquote Tedinger you are, there's a piece of everyone that wanted Tedim to just move on, retire, move on. Personally, I wanted it to be at the end of the season. I'm not halfway through because if, if you're going to get a coach halfway through the season and I don't, I don't mean to belittle uh, Dominic Torrance career or anything, but he wasn't really well known, right? You can't get like a no name, not kind of no name coach who doesn't have an, doesn't have too much experience as a, as a head coach. It, it's, it's a, it's a very, very risky move. And mm-hmm. I guess Elmas had a lot of courage to do something like that. But I, to answer the question, yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think um, second Tedim was a was a bad move. Yeah, because we have regressed, we have gotten worse every single aspect of our football. Unfortunately, defensively we're worse. Offensively, I'd say we're worse because we can't even get into the final third. Yeah, like what else is there to say? Like if if we're not better better in any aspect, yeah, it's, it was a bad move to fire Tedim. Tedim is a tough act to follow too. Then you have you know the fan base split in half. Because you didn't send them away in the right yeah. manner. It comes with a whole bunch of other shit, basically. Like letting go right. of Tedim. It's not just letting him go and we rinse our hands with it. It's a whole bunch of other shit. So, yeah. yeah. For, for me, the coin has two sides. Well, first of all, if Eren from Austria was a good listener of ours, he would have known what we already thought about this. We answered this question. Let's bash a bit <laughs> on our listeners, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the two sides of the coin is, yes, I regret sacking term, and no, I don't regret sacking term. For yes, I regret ter- sacking term, is a lot already has been said. Personally, I would have loved to see him finish his UEFA run. He is still a very important figure for Galatasaray, and the way he parted should never have been like this. So finishing the season and saying goodbye in a nice way would be preferred and on the other side leaving behind the Terum era as soon as possible start working start building something new is something we needed to do for a very very long time because let's let's face it the club I don't want to say poisoned but it was filled with might have people that really love the club but also a lot of unprofessionals toxic it was very toxic yeah, abbey culture, unprofessionality, 
And I hope that's what we're trying to build, that professionality, get into professional football and, and not continue with people like Selçuk Inan. Oh, yeah, he's my uh, daughter's nephew's son. Let's put him there. Uh, Arda Turan. Oh, yeah, no, I don't know him for years. Let, let's put him on the bench. So that's basically the two flip sides of this coin. And you could say, yeah, Bayern Munich uh, has been going on like this for years, only having people from the club within. But we are missing that professionality. So, hey, not to drag this too long. So I'll get your um, predictions first. And then if you want to say a few things, you could do so for the Barcelona game. We're playing in Spain in Camp Nou against Barcelona and Galatasaray. So, John. What's your prediction? Okay, um, so it's not a very optimistic um, prediction. So there, <laughs> there, there's, there's two things to this quick. So I'll make it really quick. If we come out and we understand that we, that Barcelona are a far um, you know, more superior team in every aspect of football that there is, and we try to defend a little bit and escape Spain with a good result, maybe 1-0, a tie, it would, uh, that's just unspeakable at this point. If we do that, I think we can get it done in Istanbul, but I don't think that's going to happen. So my prediction for, that, for the first leg of Barcelona is 3-0. Okay. Not much to say about that. Yeah, Emre? that's it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, okay, so I think we're definitely going to lose. That's no, There's no question about that. Um, looking at Barcelona's tenure so far under Xavi, he's been improving every game, and he's incorporating players into a system, moving things around, and it's still working. He like basically moved Des to the left back last game. He put Gavira instead of Frankie de Jong in midfield, and they still smashed Athletic Club 4-0 without breaking a sweat. Scary. So, and Aubameyang, he, he, he was lost in Arsenal. He found himself again in Barcelona. And now he's going to come and, you know, find himself in our game with possibly a hat-trick. So I'd say maybe 3-0 minimum. Okay. And Mas? Oh, man. Uh, this is... I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it's going to be at least 4-0 loss. Okay. Like, I don't see us getting past their defense, and I don't see us stopping their, stopping their game plan either. It's just not going to happen. For me, I'm going to be very naive and optimistic. I like to uh, be very optimistic because I believe with Galatasaray, anything can happen. Good. Just Speak it throw... into existence. Speak it I'm into just... existence. Exactly. I'm just going to throw out... Uh, all the logic I have in my head. <laughs> in Camp now, knowing Torrent, and I think he said in the post-match review as well, we are prepared, we know exactly how Barcelona plays. Yeah, knowing how Barcelona plays, I, I don't know if that's enough for Barcelona. Does he know how we play, though? That's the question. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be 1-1 one, one draw. And I hope we can do that because that's going to be super important for our Istanbul trip. Uh, hey, Summit, I got a bridge to sell you. Are you interested? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to keep it uh, with that. So, guys, I think uh, that rounds up our episode. We spoke a lot of interesting stuff. 
Um, is there any other last point you wanted to make? We'll see everyone on the other side after the after the Barca match. Yeah, our next episode will be in Istanbul, so we'll speak to you there, Emre, Mas, and um, have fun, boys. Yeah, for our listeners, don't forget we also post a lot of stuff on Twitter, so feel free to follow us at the Lions Den GS, Instagram or Twitter, and we'll speak to you next time. Thank you for listening.